This is a HeadGum Podcast. Dynamic banter. Mike and Steve are going to do bits and have some fun. Dynamic banter. Honking horns and ringing bells and making good. Dynamic banter. Don't forget the history road. Welcome to Dynamic Banter, motherfuckers. <laughs> I hope you're fucking voting, you little shits. Fucking my dad head. listens to this. All he, right. he I, well, I'm sorry. I, I don't. You know who? I, I'm not talking about your dad. <laughs> my mom listens to this. I'm not. My mom doesn't to... listen to anything I do. <laughs> I miss your mom. Welcome back to why we are the way we are. <laughs> that has been um, such a topic of life yeah so welcome to dynamic banter guys shit's crazy right now the world is literally falling apart it seems and it's a very difficult time and i'm struggling with how to create content that's fucking funny right now and i feel mm. bad anytime i think about doing it and uh, it's just a really, really difficult time. So I thought it would be great if we had one of our wonderful friends, a person of color, Mr. William Haynes, on the show. <laughs> and if you're watching the video version... <laughs> we'll, we'll just be interviewing William's triceps today. <laughs> well, you know what, man? I used to think that you were just skinny ripped. Yeah. You know how uh, like you're so skinny you can see the muscles so it looks like they're yeah. strong, but it's really That's just what... that you can see the muscles. Yeah, that was my entire childhood. Yeah. But uh -huh. now you're actually ripped. Yeah, I've been eating food. I had to that was my biggest issue is I would do so much exercising <laughs> and then I would go to like Taco Bell once a day and that was all I would eat. Like you're not and Philip now... Molina ripped. Uh, see that's see Philip Molina is like <laughs> I'm terrified. I mean, of I could now. still beat his ass like if it came down to it. <laughs> no, you could not. I I guarantee you, Steve, crazy beats big every time. I mean, but look, dude. <laughs> <laughs> every time. <laughs> I mean, does Philip is Philip trained in in a in a discipline? In Let's a get Philip on right now and ask him if he models. thinks he could beat I, up. Will. I hate that he took this from me. I don't know how he got on the show in the first place. I would, <laughs> and now everybody's like, forget Will, Philip Molina. Listen, Philip is a great guy, and he's always been kind, and he's a little okay, weird, host. but he's great. <laughs> he's a little weird, but he's a good guy. And uh, now I'm just absolutely terrified of him. I'm afraid he's going to burst through my wall like the Kool-Aid ah! man and oh, rip yeah. me to shreds because, you know. He rented the apartment next to him just so he could kick through the <laughs> yeah. wall. I'm afraid that he has a list we can't see and he's not sharing <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no you're but he's incredibly ripped and he worked his ass off to do it and it's crazy and you should go look and uh yeah, and, yeah, and also yeah. support him because he's also an artist and trying to do his thing but um uh yeah but you're not philip molina ripped but you're mm -mm. ripped dude you actually working out all the time yeah i'm also like you know i sent you photos of, like a couple weeks ago looking at my face i'm like damn i'm really a man now you are I'm you like, finally I become a man will 
yeah, I'm like, I'd be looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely not a little boy anymore. So uh, you thought yeah. that not being a virgin anymore would make you a man, <laughs> but it turns out it was just time. Yeah, yeah. It took time. It <laughs> took time. It, stuff had to happen to me. You know, it's been a very eventful six months for me. I've done so much emotional growing over the past six months. It's been ridiculous. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, I mean, the thing is, is like we got thrown into a fucking pandemic and um, yeah. Will, you've been like, you've never stopped working your ass off when SourceFed ended. And uh, you're constantly hustling and working. And then it seemed like the worst was happening just before the pandemic hit. Yeah, I was wondering when I would actually get to talk about it. I'm sure I'll talk about it more in detail, like years from now when it's like inconsequential. But my life like literally like was falling apart days before the pandemic. And I was like, you know, like uh, like the way I was shooting things and like my contract deals and stuff. And I was like, man, I, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to continue to do this. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, oh, everybody's stuff fell apart. But I was like, I, I just had like people quit on me. I like lost like two or three uh, people that were working with me like like days before the uh, the pandemic. And at the time I was like shattered. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do any of the things I want to do. But then the world hit and, you know, I've been here in the Bay Area taking care of my family. And, uh, you know, that's what's um, caused that emotional growth. You know, I'm, I'm really surrounded by people that I love and that love me and you know, I got to go to the grocery store. I got to do all of this stuff for them. And uh, this was not the life I was living when I was in L.A. You know, I, I really only thought about myself and I really only ever did anything. I was always by myself. And uh, yeah, so it, it's it's been a, 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 a huge learning past six months for me. And it's it like really takes some real life shit every once in a while to put stuff in perspective. And everybody, that's part of becoming an adult for everybody. It's like you you get thrown into some stuff you weren't prepared for and that you got it. You can't say no to, you know, there's a lot of stuff in, in the world that's have to do stuff and may not be want to do stuff all the time. But, you know, and then you, you figure out who you are and you gather strength from that. It's just that yeah, like yeah. we're we're in a like I'm struggling with with like the thoughts about why all of this is happening and and all of my friends that I'm worried about and all and my family that I'm worried about and um and you know just I'm just worried and scared and sad and angry and yeah um yeah there's you know like there's all these like you know protests and you know these peaceful protests turning it uh violent and it's so it's so sad like we're already on top of a pandemic you know, and it is like, I, I'm worried about people like, you know, Jessica, my best friend who, you know, really, you know, wants to wants to be out there. Like, I can't be out there because, you know, I live with uh, a bunch of older folks. Like, I absolutely cannot uh, go be in a, a crowd of 5,000 people and then come back into this house with that on my conscience, you know, especially my, my family. Like, uh, so, but like, you know, I'm worried about my friends out here who are protesting. I'm worried like, you know, about what uh, the, the cops are doing. I'm a, so, and we're on top of a pandemic. So yeah, it, it doesn't let up uh, ever. Mm -hmm. uh, so and, yeah. And that's the thing, like Mike was talking about how you have to go through some hard shit in life to like, you know, get stronger and then get, and then be prepared for the next thing. But it's like, this thing is maybe the biggest thing that's happened to in our generation 
Obama on his uh, live address last night. Uh, I only caught parts of it, uh, and he said this is the 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 biggest thing that he's seen in his lifetime. Yeah, uh, that's Barack Obama. So yeah. uh, it's safe to say that yeah, this is the craziest thing we've ever seen. Yeah, like my mom was. Now remind me who Barack Obama. Is. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was was saying talks about how she remembers when JFK was assassinated and she turned on the TV and like, you know, like, <laughs> and that's fucking crazy. Your president was assassinated, assassinated like in the U S yeah. it's like, what? But it's like, yeah. dude, we have a fucking global disease, pandemic, <laughs> a pandemic. And uh, we've got shit like George Floyd happening and all the countless other things like George Floyd happening. And it's like, it's just a boiling point for like this yeah. anger and frustration yeah. and, and tr you know, people are in a cage essentially. And it's mm -hmm. like, and finally it feels like the cage is just like fucking bursting, you know? Yeah. People are protesting mm -hmm. so much. Like you just said, it's so much like, you know, uh, with what's going on with George Floyd and uh, people are even protesting the pandemic, you know, people, mm -hmm. people are protesting everything like, uh, so yeah, we've we've reached the boiling point that the '60s had. What I've been trying to focus on over the past like four days is I'm like, where is where is the future going to take us? Like, yeah. what what is it that we need to do? I feel incredibly powerless right now. I'm not into Twitter uh, activism. You're just speaking into your own bubble. When I like when I when we get out and we get organized, there there are real life things that we can do. So I'm just trying to see like you know. In order to get the type of change we want in this world, we need a record number turnout at the ballots in November. That has always been the goal since before the pandemic mm -hmm. was happening. Now with what's going on, you know, I'm, I'm not sure like about mail-in ballots. Uh, I've never done anything like that. All, I, all I'm thinking about in my creative processes is I'm like, how can I use my influence to make it cool to vote? We need a record number of people to vote this number. Can we use our influence to tell people you got to vote? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. you're totally right. And uh, and I think we should. We need MTV now more than ever. Yeah, we yeah. Really do. Rock I the would. vote. We need rock the vote yeah. back again. <laughs> yeah, commercials like that, and you know, like having it on your screen all the time. Like, I think there's an undeniable fire that's currently burning and it doesn't seem like it's going to stop. And I mm -hmm. think that's going to burn right through the elections and really, really make people realize that it's time to get up off of our fucking asses and goddamn do something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nothing's going to subside by November or when I, I think the primary um, vote was already in a couple States. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this yeah, is yeah. happening like at the same time. And there's so many um, weird political moves happening, you know, and it's uh, and like secret ones that seem out. like diversions and like <clears throat> distractions and shit. And it's like and then Trump's angry at Twitter and, and like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like this is this is the worst movie that we're living in right now. Yeah, it's a reality we're show. We're living That's in a wild. movie and a reality show that I would never watch. Yeah. Like it's I not I understand that it's very easy to get caught up in uh <laughs> how everything seems like it's it's burning down. 
but there's also I mean, those images of thousands and thousands of people in countries across the world and in every single state in America, people coming together, mm-hmm. you know, oh, so yeah, it's not all one thing. I mean, we got we got to continue to we like amidst all of this insanity. And I know it's hard to even think about the idea of thinking positively, but it's so important that if you're going to help other people that you are okay to do that and you are strong enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And right now, a lot of people are feeling the weight and the pressures of what's going on and and it's making them feel like, you know, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. As annoyed as I was about like, you know, like the the black square things and like, just like, you know, empty, like, uh, uh, like just not really doing anything. It actually has become cool to post about woke stuff, uh, activism on social media. Like, you know, like that has been a big difference. Cause you know, I actually have friends that are Trump supporters, you know, young folk. I actually, and so many of my friends have year, for years have been mad at me. They're like, how could you hang out with these Trump people? Like, uh, and I, I've had conversations with them that genuinely saddened me. And because I knew that they came from a different world, but now they're on the same social media as we are. They follow the exact same artists and people yep. we do. Like yep. I, I know for a fact that all of these conversations you missed because you're not from the communities that we're from, but now you have to be uh, taken in this dialogue. So yeah, yeah. and it's a visual mm-hmm. thing too. I mean, I the black square thing, and then the people getting angry about it, and then people like virtue signaling all over fucking every yeah. social media platform about how you're doing this wrong and you're ruining everything and you're yeah. not doing the right fucking thing. It's like, yeah. look, 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 look. We're we're at a boiling point with it with the fucking planet we live on. We can't be yelling at each other about how what you're doing is the wrong way to help people. This is insanity. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy. Also, you got to remember that for a lot of people, it's for a lot of people who don't know exactly what to do and have never had to ask themselves certain questions throughout their lifetime. It's a lot of people's like, especially white mm-hmm. people's first baby steps into like solidarity and trying sure. to figure out sure. what they could do to, to help show that they support, yeah. um, something that they've never even thought about right. or talked about right. before. And this, so and people are going to make mistakes. I've made a million mistakes throughout, throughout my life, but it's yeah. about like, you know, uh, trying to figure out where you fit into helping other people. And also it's yeah. like, you, you gotta, you can, you're only capable of doing what you're comfortable with doing. Right. Like, but you gotta like, start to be uncomfortable and you got to start taking bigger risks and bigger, you got to burst your fucking cage or your box open and do uncomfortable shit so that people that are suffering near uh-huh. endlessly can get help and have support. Ask, ask yourself why you're uncomfortable. Right, uh-huh. right, right. Um, it's just, uh, it's so crazy. I just feel like yeah. everyone's directing their energies and their angers at like, you know, their tiny communities and, and, uh, and they're all, it's an echo yeah. chamber of you're doing this wrong or, or why aren't you saying anything? And like, yeah. if you're not saying anything, you're racist. And it's like, shit's out of fucking control yeah. right now. 
and I'm super sensitive about all the media I take in because I'm, you know, I'm into all the millennial stuff and I'm into all the older people new stuff too. So I'm really looking at everybody's everything. And the thing about like, uh, it's become cool to post about your wokeness, but we're, we're seeing which people are posting just the checklist stuff to be like, oh, I swear I'm not racist. I posted this. <laughs> right. And then the people who are uh, really posting, you know, sharing their personal stories and and what I and what you were kind of saying, what I've seen a lot of people doing, and I think I saw Darren tweeting about it today or yesterday was like, you know, if you've in the past made mistakes and you in the past like two years, you know, you're like, I changed my mind. We got to make that acceptable too to be like, you know, we can't we can't just cancel people into the universe, you know. Right. Like I said, mm-hmm. like I'm friends with uh, Trump supported people because I do believe that you can change people through discourse through talking, through growing with them. So many people, uh, you know, uh, believe the way they do because they never had a black friend. Right. And, you know, uh, so, you know, I try to make it my duty. Like I I was uh, at my uh, friend's house once and uh, there was this guy there who was like uh, really rich. He was from a really rich half black, half white family. And uh, his dad is black and I guess his mom is white and uh, he looks uh, white, but his brother looks black. So I'm at my Trump support family's house and my, my friend's sibling said that, uh, oh, I don't believe white privilege exists. And, and I was like, I was like, did you really just say this in front of me? I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, I, I, I'm always taken aback when people really uh, have the nerve to say that kind of shit. Uh, and, and before I could even say anything, my, my homeboy, you know, he was rich. He drives a Tesla, like, uh, like it would, and he's like, you know, he, he brought up, he was like, but when my, my brother, who also drives his fancy car, when he drives down the street, you know, police officers pull him over and they never pull me over and I'm speeding. And I was like, I, I really appreciated him for having that conversation because he really didn't have to. And uh, yeah, and how are you going to make change if you don't go into these people's lives and talk to them? If you say, oh, you believe different than me, I'll never speak to you again. You're not going to make any change. Right. Unless mm-hmm. it's something like a close friend who's been antagonizing you throughout the entire Trump administration. Which... Well, yeah, we, we and I have had a lot of conversation about those. But we've all learned about the people and the people we were talking about just before this. There are some people here that aren't young, like many of my friends, and who aren't going to change their ways. And uh, it, it hurts because we have had the severed ties with some of them. I mean, I'm lucky that my... And I've said I was sorry a million times. <laughs> My my uh, my fa- I'm lucky that my family is um, you know, fairly uh, they lean left, uh, way way more left than uh, you know, than maybe a lot of Hispanic families and stuff. I don't know. I don't really know, mm-hmm. but but my family, I I'm lucky that they that they all believe in in this movement and and mm-hmm. you know, uh, equality and happiness for everybody and. Uh, but I know people whose parents, their own fucking parents, are um, against things like the Black Lives Matter movement. And, uh, yeah. Dude, can I tell you something? Just real quick, little story. Yeah. Yeah. In the sixties, I think my dad was my dad was in his early teens, maybe thirteen, and he told me when I was younger, and even recently, about a story where he was walking home from something and he was alone during the race riots. And he got beat up by a bunch of black kids that he had played little league with. Hmm. And he didn't tell me that until I was much older, but he never raised me with a racist bone. He never said anything racist. He was like, it's not about, 
he was like, I might've been angry at those kids, but I, it never channeled into like anger about black people or anything like that. And I just like count my lucky stars about that could have gone either way, you know, but because my dad was raised the way he was and, and he and his family went through hardships. And so they were able to empathize with people who also went through hardships. And he was like, it's, you know, he, he never raised us to think a certain way about a group of people, regardless of, you know, his experience. It didn't do that to him. Right. I appreciate that. Yeah. Because they grew up poor. Right. You yeah. know? It's a, it's a very... Um, people. Yeah. And there is a kind of like... I mean, I don't know. Like, what's that? I said, yeah, they, they, they know those, he knows those people. Like, you, you're, you're familiar with people who are different than you. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's important mm-hmm. to, to, like, you know... <laughs> open your eyes and look beyond your bubble and, and see other people and understand that everybody has different struggles. And, but it does come down to kind of like who you're raised by and then the company you keep. And, um, you know, it's hard to teach the concept that if you hear somebody being racist or if you hear somebody being bigoted against someone else, um, that you should say something and you should, you know, mm-hmm. actually, actually say something. And yeah. it's not really taught because there's this concept of masculinity and machismo where you don't, you don't challenge your friend for wanting to say what it is that they want to say because mm-hmm. that's an uncool bro thing to do, bro. And our, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and we trust each other and shit, you know? Yeah. It's so toxic. I'm telling you, man, I made. I made my first year out of high school going into college is like your first kind of taste of freedom. It was my first kind of taste of freedom and like not living with my parents and like, I don't have to live by any rules. And I, uh, you know, I'm just here to have the college experience and be in a dorm room and whatever. And let me tell you, man, I made different kinds of jokes freshman year than I made after taking black studies courses, junior and senior year. And you don't know until you know, you know, and, and there's, there's always, there's never a point where you can't learn about uh, another person's experience and about yourself. There's never a point where you could stop improving yourself. You know, but it really takes, it's hard for people to look within themselves and it's scary and you don't want to think, especially now with being canceled and outed and whatever, it's scary to like admit when you've done wrong, but you have to, because that's the, it's unrealistic to say that you haven't done wrong throughout your life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but to be able to say, I, I did the work to change and to educate myself that's the human experience. You know, Mm -hmm. you're not going to go through life and be fucking 15 years old and be perfect up until the point where you die. Yeah. You know, you're not going to die. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And those people aren't interested. I'd like to die. Perfect. Like, you know, um, the, uh, carbon (laughs) monoxide and, you know, just in my sleep, that's how you die. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I've been pumping it into your apartment for months. (laughs) Thank you, Mike. Thank you. We got to normalize people changing. (laughs) But what's so funny about people talking about, like what you were saying, Steve, about 2020 being like a movie. And I see that all the time, you know, you know, like, like people like, oh, the aliens are up next. Like, that's Mm -hmm. so funny. 
But like, you know, how a movie works or a good movie is like, you know, you have your beginning and then your inciting incident and then your middle where your chunk of stuff happens and then towards here, like it gets really interesting and like, oh, 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 oh. And then there's the ending that, you know, is manufactured to make people like it and want to watch the movie again and again. That's not the movie we're in. No. It just keeps getting bigger. We're it's, in it's like the a second movie. act forever, pretty much. Yeah. We're, it's a movie written by someone who doesn't know how to write movies. Right. And they're just like, what's going on? More and more like, and then there's a pandemic, but then, and and then the race, and and, and so yeah, it's a really bad It's one of those movies where I go to see it, and then I go, man, that was like really fucking intense and really sad and fucked up. I'm never seeing that again. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to watch it again. It's totally like the Joker. Like, I just, it's like, I don't ever want to see it again. I don't need yeah, to see yeah. that. Well, and we like, don't get to. <laughs> yeah. But and I, uh, and I was thinking about this, and I was like, "What's going to cause this to end?" You know, like there's there's twenty twenty isn't going to end, and then all of a sudden, all of our issues right. are gone. Like, really, it's just what. But what would uh, give us a, a better conclusion is if we all went out and voted. Right. That would change, mm-hmm. like. 50% of what we going through, right. not hundred percent. It's not going to solve the pandemic. Yeah. It, it's not going to end uh race relations, negative race relations no. in the country. That's, that's but, why when people say they want it to end, it's mm-hmm. like, well, it shouldn't end because this is the only way that these people are finally going to have their justice and their, mm-hmm. you know, their rights essentially. And, uh, and, the the only way that happens is the way it's happening now because we've already seen this happening. This isn't the first time, the second time, the third time. A hundred years ago was yeah. the the Tulsa massacre that they talk about in Watchmen. A hundred yeah. fucking yeah. years ago. That's, that a lot of people learned about for the first time because of Watchmen. Because of Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. And and even Damon Lindelof who read a book about it and then was like, I'm gonna write a show where Watchmen is the is the outside thing, but the inside thing is the struggles of this Tulsa massacre and and all the and the stories of the people that suffered from it. But the point I'm trying to make is is that that's a hundred years ago, and here we are, we're we're still dealing with these things. And what has happened between then and now? Well, a lot of things, a lot of really, really good things, but also a lot of really, really bad things. And those really, really bad things are really, really bad, you guys. Like, period. Like, you you don't understand until you truly see that people are so angry that they're breaking shit. And everyone's like, you shouldn't be breaking shit. And it's like, do you understand the frustration these people are feeling? It's it's Mm -hmm. endless frustration and sadness for their brothers and sisters being murdered in the streets with Mm -hmm. video cameras in their face. Mm -hmm. And the people murdering them are like, we don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Film us. This is our yeah. moment. We're powerful. Yeah, Fucking yeah, nothing's hell, gonna happen dude. to me. It's yeah. evil, and they're it, that it, 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 cell phone. Yeah, it's the police. It's it's the way that the it, police is is made and manufactured to be like militant and and um and you know in all these clips reactionary I mean, and and machismo and fuck man. I've really had to put down you know Twitter and social media over the past couple of days because like the amount of clips online it's just because you know twitter doesn't like you know censor itself like instagram twitter's just showing me the police brutality you know 
people getting, you know, shot in the face with rubber bullets, you know, people who are running away getting shot in the back, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's a shame that it's taken having cell phones being in this high quality for uh, people to finally be being held accountable. And, you know, we don't know what the justice system is going to do. They've just been arrested. Uh, the, you know, court hasn't passed any deals yet. Uh, so we don't know what's going to actually happen. But it, it's taken this much. It's taken the, the country is uh, not at work. So we all have the time to focus on one thing. And it's taken all of this just to get a couple of people arrested. So, uh, yeah, I'm, ju I'm just very curious about the future. We have to keep applying the pressure and uh you know make sure that justice is uh shown you know and it shouldn't end like like it shouldn't end like people want it to end and it's like well the violence and the the destruction should end you know the, it should because it's you know at this point it's like all right well you you i think all the frustrations of anger of wanting to destroy things are out now now everybody's yeah. listening now it's time to do targeted We'll restock the shelves. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, right. so that that should end and will end. But what shouldn't end is this activism, this level of activism. Until things have changed and until things are normalized to the point where a black person isn't afraid to go to the police yeah. for help. Holding our country accountable. You know, I was actually texting my friend about it. It reminds me of one of the movies you showed me, Judge Dredd where the, the police officers in that movie act as judge and execution. Yeah. And how do the people in that movie act? They are upset with the cops. They fight yeah. back with the cops. Uh, I, the, the, the director of that movie went to my film school. <laughs> That's like the only movie we made. But it's funny how relevant it is. Dude, yeah. and it's crazy because there's people using like, there are these militant, um, uh, I don't know what to call them, white supremacists, racists, mm -hmm. these militant racists that are using like the Punisher logo on their militia gear. And it's like, it's like, what do you, what do you think that symbol Whoa. is? And, it, and, and there Whoa. are a lot of people that are like, um, you know, co-opting like, like pop culture things like, you know, and those people love Marvel movies where in the Marvel movies, the antagonist mm -hmm is always something very similar to white supremacy and conservatism mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. our real world. Uh -huh. And the uh -huh. good guys are fighting them in every yeah. single version of those movies, including yeah, The Punisher. Yeah, the, in Judge Dredd, that idea of the judge, jury, yeah. and executioner is terrifying, yeah. but the future's so bad that they need that, right? But they're still crooked yeah. fucking cops. So, yeah, yeah, But yeah. Judge Dredd is one that's, like, trying to stop the crooked cops. But it's like uh -huh. in all of these fucking superhero stories, it's literally the same story. It's like good uh -huh. guy versus bad guy. Good guy wants people to live happily and in equality. Bad guy wants their way of life to, to stay. Uh -huh and not change like the conservatives yeah and i think also like what i thought about over the past couple of days is i was like you know what we don't have like what that i think people are sort sort kind of looking for and what we it would definitely have is if it was a movie is like we don't have like you've heard people say we don't have a leader you know there's no leaders like we don't have a martin luther king a malcolm x a barack obama right. but right now uh it is the people uh, versus, uh, you know, the oppressors. So, like, you know, we are our own leaders. Us on social media, you know, I mean, th that you see, uh, you know, they, they, they point out the people out there in the streets who are actually out there doing something. Like, it is actually the people 
who are the leaders. We don't have right. one uh, paradigm like a movie would say, like this is the guy or the girl who's uh, who knows everything and is going right. to take us to the promised land. It right. is us, the people, together right. applying the pressure on uh, the country, on the government, on the on the system yeah. to hold people accountable for murder. What's that? It's like? weird that the system is the one that's out of touch. You know, mm-hmm. when you have people setting up the what is it? The eight eight guidelines. Did you guys see that? Uh-uh. It's like the eight police guidelines to make sure that the, uh, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's like police guidelines that I think were brought forth by people. Like you sh- shouldn't do this, 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 and that. And you can still apprehend people and stop people from doing wrong. But these eight things are things that are abuse of power. And then there's a website that you can go to, to check and see if the city check how many of the eight things you're, local police enforcement oh, does see. or doesn't yeah. do or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when um, I was a kid, and it's just weird that, yeah. Oh, yeah. When oh, I was well. a kid, like, uh, I was involved in a, like a youth center called the rise center and we did a lot of activism and, uh, in, in, uh, in the front of our office, you know, they, they had like, you know, condoms and they also had like, know your rights books. Like they were like, if you're going to be in this, this like a, a little booklet that's like tiny that has like, if a police pulls you over, you they you, you have they have that warrant, you know, if they come to your house, like we would keep these books like, you know, 10, 15 years ago in our pockets to know what our rights was in the world. And how, now that type of knowledge. How old were you? I was like. How old were you when, when, did your parents have the talk with you or did your mom have the talk with you about like how to deal with the police as a black person? You know, specifically, really? No, my parents are like ridiculously hands off. Like I think because and you know, like I'm like, <laughs> people always say that I'm really well spoken. Or, or so like we it, it was never a talk that I had. But at the, the Rise Youth Center that I went to, we would have all of these like, you know, seminars led by youth uh, t- talking about the cycle of violence and, you know, police brutality, and people would come in and, and talk about their opinions. But this is what I had as, as a 14-year-old, 15-year-old in the city of Richmond, California, because it was necessary. So, like, I know kids on the rest of the world, this is like, you know, they didn't have, a, like, a 21-year-old teaching you as a 15-year-old about the cycle of violence and, you know, bringing in leaders who've dealt with uh, police brutality, like, uh, holding seminars. And at the time, you know, I was like, I'm here because I want to do DJ class. Like, why am I si-? Like, I'm like, we're sitting in here for an hour, half, two hours. But now in the future, I'm realizing that that knowledge was so very valuable. I mean, I knew at the time, but now I'm really seeing in, in live time that other people are just now getting this knowledge as you know, as, as a 30 year old, you know? Mm. So I'm appreciative. Yeah, dude, you could teach a kid, you could teach a kid anything about like, don't do drugs and like have safe sex and blah, blah, blah. But until they have some kind of real life brush with it, it it's like, it's impossible to know exactly how important it is and, and why. Yeah. Um, I, I want to take Welcome a back. I want to take a quick break so that we could do some ads, even though it seems as disgusting as possible to <laughs> do, to just start doing ads in the middle of such a progressive. <laughs> well, and, you got to get money and, to donate it. Places. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, let's do that. But Will, I'd love it if you would just wor- if you wanted to work out a little bit for some oh, eye candy for some <laughs> eye candy. I, I was really hoping I can get a pump in really quick. Yeah, if you want to get a pump in during this <laughs> <laughs> For those of you on watching the video version, you can check out Will do some uh here I'll play some music here for Yeah, us. get the bicep in the in the shot. 
What a well-defined bicep. Yep, there it is. Now, Will, is that two different globes in the background? <laughs> it is. It is. And I do have a third. Are they different? <laughs> is one Pangea? <laughs> one Pangea and one's the earth. I want it to be when it's all over. <laughs> is it mostly blue? Or just one? It's blue. It's blue in California and Japan and nothing else. <laughs> Will, do you want to work out to this kind of music? Or do you want to work out to this kind of music yeah. <laughs> hey guys we want to talk really quick about figs figs is a great company that uh provides super stylish and super awesome clothing to nurses and doctors and other medical professionals um when the pandemic happened, the world basically changed overnight, and doctors, nurses, and other medical professionals immediately ran to the crisis. And since then, they've been working extra longer hours, distancing themselves from their loved ones, and risking their lives to save ours. I actually saw this thing that um, someone posted that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, there was a uh, post of how many people were all gathered together for one of the protests. And someone said in the comments, uh, I'm a nurse and I look at this photo and I get very worried about the second wave of the coronavirus. <clears throat> and um, that's scary. It's very, very scary. And we could talk more about that in a second because that's crazy. But Though that's someone who works in the medical profession and they're doing incredible things right now and still helping people survive this virus that is still very real and people are still suffering from. Um, in fact, one of my friends who is a little bit younger than me tweeted that her, uh, her, one of her friends that was her age just died, just passed away from COVID. So it's like, no one's safe, really, and it's very scary still, so please be safe out there. And these medical professionals, back to the ad a little bit, sacrifice a lot. And not just now, but all year round, and uh, shouldn't someone be looking out for them? So that's what Figs is all about. They're a company that's had the backs of these awesome humans since 2013. They create ridiculously soft, modern scrubs that help healthcare workers look good, feel good, and perform at their best. And it does look good. I have a jacket that I love from Figs. Mike, I think you got something, right? I did get a jacket. Mike's got a jacket. Come on, guys, Mike's got a jacket. So here's the deal. Come on, in be like me, get a jacket. <laughs> in response to COVID-19, Figs has donated over 30,000 sets of scrubs to hospitals across the country, donated $100,000 to the Frontline Responders Fund to help ship PPE and supplies, and sent hundreds of care packages to those who need it the most. Um, and they've also created their own three-layer protective face mask and utilized their supply chain to produce millions of N95 masks and PPE. And FIGS wow. will continue to do whatever cool. it takes to support healthcare workers during this challenging time. So FIGS is great. We've already established that. Mike and I own a piece of their clothing, and it's very comfortable and awesome and stylish. 
and why don't you guys go but it's also a great gift if you if you have a healthcare professional yes. that you know or love maybe in your family or group of friends turn them on to it or surprise them with a gift everybody has a birthday coming up yep and i think that's awesome i love the idea everyone's got a birthday coming up don't forget that and i love the idea that um if you can you can gift your favorite doctor or medical professional like a, a gift card from figs and they could buy like a nice new medical outfit that's like you know perfect and it really comfortable and stylish and i think that's great because when i see the blue scrubs i get scared if i saw someone a doctor come at me with the blue scrubs i'd be like what who, what is he about to touch and am i gonna have to worry about the pain but if i saw a, a man but what about magenta scrubs if no same same i've seen it but if I see someone in a figs, stylish, kind of cool doctor's outfit, then I'm like, okay, this guy's got money, maybe, and he cares a little bit more about himself. <laughs> and so maybe he cares a little bit more about me. And I think that's awesome. So, guys, why don't you go to wearfigs.com? That's W E A R F I G S.com and enter code BANTER15 at checkout because what happens is, is, uh, you get 15% off with that code for a limited time. And I think that's really awesome. So uh, whether you're an awesome medical professional or someone who wants to say thank you to one, uh, Figs has your back. So go to wearfigs.com, W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com and enter code BANTER15 at checkout. Thanks, Figs. Thank you, Figs. Thanks, Figs. Figs is killing it. Guys, Crossroads. Let's just say you're, you're a fighter jet pilot. And yeah. you're thinking about flying over a hospital and being loud and disturbing all the patients in the hospital. Right. Don't do that. And instead, go to figs.com. <laughs> Humble code banter15. Um, okay, guys, let's talk a little bit about, really quickly, Crossrope. Crossrope is a new sponsor of Dynamic Banter. And I was like, what's this place when I got that email? And um, I think Mike's going to go get his. Mine's over here, too, but I don't want to get up. I've been stuck to this piece of furniture for 70 days um no no alana you're fine <laughs> she's so sweet alana popped out of nowhere and was like you want me to grab something for you but no you're fine but um everybody's gone now so um <laughs> cross rope is it there's will there we go <laughs> where'd you go get your jump rope there we go mike's got cross rope a cross rope on his screen if you're on youtube.com slash dynamic banter you can see um Basically, uh, these days, we're all looking for ways to stay fit while we're spending more time at home, right? Cardio machines aren't exactly motivating, and the cost of home gym equipment, eh, it adds up real fast. So we found a cool different way to get a great workout for a fraction of the cost, and there you go. <laughs> Holy shit. This is like, the least responsible thing I've done all day. Um, it's called Cross Rope, you guys. It's a sleek weighted jump rope system that makes working out fun at home. Wow, that sounds so destructive, Mike. I don't think you should be doing that in there. This is the room with all my most expensive shit in it. Um, guys, I opened up this package and I was like, this is like the Apple products of... Uh, <laughs> whoa, I just saw a person go into that door over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he muted his hand. Oh, he muted himself. It was his mom. Okay. Sorry. Well, sorry, mom. Um, 
But anyway, this thing is like the app. It's like basically like a super fancy jump rope. It's weighted. It, yeah, uh, they're weighted. They're different weights mm -hmm. and they, you know, different workout. And there's one that's just kind of easy to do as you would r remember a jump rope from your grade school days. And then there's, uh, you add some weight to it once you get good at that and it, you feel the burn a little right. bit. And there's different weight classes for the jump ropes and the handles are like, super cool future jump rope handles like if you had gone back to the to the 80s when i was in school or like the 90s the early 90s and because we had the worst jump ropes ever there you go there's one right there uh mike's showing it off there and then show the little connector too it's like all futuristic and cool like the, the part where it connects to the to the rope yeah isn't that cool it's like a yeah, and you can switch out. On the leg. Yeah, and if you like that handle a lot, you can switch out that rope with like a different weight rope or whatever. But um, if you had brought one of these to me from the future and said, "I'm from the future," and then showed me this, I would in I would be convinced. I'd be like, "Oh, that's a future." Oh, Will, I got one for you. I'll give you one of mine. Um, so uh, <laughs> here, catch. But uh, anyway, uh, so it's really cool. And jumping rope is like, it's fun. <laughs> Like, I don't know. It is. It is fun, and it doesn't take long to, like, feel it. Right. And then You could do it for 30 seconds and be like, okay. Right. <laughs> and the weighted today. ones make it even even a better workout, essentially. And, uh, yeah. and a cooler snap. You could, like, learn to do some tricks and stuff. Like, do those little hopscotchy little jumps and, like, you know, have some fun with it. Play some freaking kick-ass favorite playlist music in your headset. Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, yeah. Get that satellite going and have some fun. Um, That's going to have your weighted blanket. Can't wait to get your weighted jump rope. <laughs> you <laughs> can actually just twist it into a rope and use that. <laughs> Will's just taking all my weighted stuff. Um, I love weighted stuff. It's so Dude, animal. it's great stuff. Um, but anyway, so... Crossrope was reinventing the home workout experience, guys. Weighted ropes give better feedback, which makes it easier for beginners to get started and learn. And the durable steel ropes, ergonomic handles, and patented fast clip system swaps the ropes, uh, the rope weights fast. So, like I said, it's super cool, very versatile, and a lot of cool features and stuff. So, um, so you just order your ropes, you download an app, and then you enjoy the results. You choose between their Get Lean or Get Strong sets, depending on your fitness goals, or get the best value for both sets with the Get Fit Bundle. Track your workouts and see a map of your progress for, the, for free on the CrossRope app. And they're so sure you're going to love this whole dang thing that they're going to offer a 60-day risk-free guarantee. So if you're ready for a new cardio and full-body home workout, visit crossrope.com slash banter. I got to get my butt off the couch and start doing some dang jump ropes. I'm going to do VR with the jump rope and see if that's a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> see how fast you get tangled in everything you own. <laughs> oh my so guys, get up to $40 off Crossrope sets plus free shipping when you check out today at crossrope.com slash banter. That's C-R-O-S-S-R-O-P-E dot com slash banter. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Crossrope. You're going to like the way you jump. I guarantee, uh, we, we guarantee it for 60 days. <laughs> it's honestly very fun, man. I haven't jumped rope in, since like sixth grade. I know. Just didn't know. And it's really like to see, I can't do it very well, but you get a little bit better every day. And when you start, I fuck up when I go for like longer. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. And then I, 
<laughs> well, you get into a groove and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm doing it. And then your brain goes, nope. And then you go, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I can't wait. Right. It's good. It's worth it. Burp. Burps. All right. Last sponsor, guys, and then we can get back to talking about this important stuff and then get angry again. Um, <laughs> so, guys, features. Always, uh, What's that? I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, okay. Um, features is a new sponsor as well, guys. Let's give a shout out to these new sponsors oh, really quick. Yeah. How cool is that, huh? We're keeping the lights on, and this is uh, a very important piece of content that Mike and I make for ourselves, for our livelihood, and uh, hopefully for your entertainment and enjoyment. So uh, thank you to our new sponsors. And guys, features. Mike just showed off his features. Uh, they're basically these like super cool, very comfy, nice socks. And It's unreal, man. They're really like... It's good stuff. It's Oh, it's very good stuff. And you don't think about how like socks could be kind of a thing to care about because before i used to just like go to target or something and get like the most nondescript yeah. bag of black socks for like 10 bucks or whatever. i'll take a thousand please <laughs> let me have a thousand black socks and uh they're yeah. just whatever but man you really don't know what a good sock is until you put your dang bare foot into it and for sure that's what's up with uh features yeah I mean, these are, they're made out of something uh, almost like a silky thing where they slip right into shoes and it's not uncomfortable and they don't have a, uh, like a seam on the toes. Mm -hmm. So you don't have this weird, like yarn bunched up. Right. And also Whatever. the worst thing very in the world very nice. is when you have, when you find a little tear in your sock or you like, or, or you gotta, you know, or they keep slipping in your shoes or something. But here's the deal, guys. Features mm. has solely focused on engineering innovative high-performance socks for almost 20 years. So these people have made their business socks. They've put engineering and high-performance innovation into socks. That's what these people have decided to do with their lives, and we, don't, we will not judge them because these socks are great. So they've created a sock with a custom-like fit to prevent the issues with conventional socks, like no more bunching, no more slipping, no more friction, and no more blisters. How about that, guys? And there's multiple cushion levels, from ultra-light to max cushioning for unsurpassed performance. Max Cushioning was the sequel to Judge Dredd. So, Mike, you're wearing some of those socks. How do they feel, man? Talk about it for a second. They're just very Five, nice. They gave me four, some longer three, ones, two, and they gave me some one. shorter ones. They have a That's pad nice, around the Mike, ankle. That's nice, Mike, and I also got them, too. Features are engineered to help you achieve your best every day, whether you're working out or on the go. And targeted compression acts like a hug around the arch of your foot, keeping the sock in place and preventing it from bunching, slipping, or sliding down into your shoe, which is truly the worst thing ever. I, I don't like it when the, so when the sock slides under your heel. I'm out. I'm like, I need to go home. I can't be at Disneyland anymore. My sock keeps no. going under my damn ankle, and if I take my socks off, these shoes are going to be uncomfs. 
<clears throat> also features has a lifetime guarantee, and they're so durable and long-lasting that if you're unsatisfied at any point, they'll give you a replacement pair, no questions asked. And they're family-owned, you guys. Hugh Gaither founded the company in 2002, and now he and his sons, John and Joe, own and operate the company in North Carolina. So you're supporting, kind of, you know, a family-owned business. That's nice. And their mission is to create products that help you achieve your personal best. So why don't you see why Features has be quickly become the number one running sock in America? Wickedly talented. For listeners of Dynamic Banter, you can receive $10 off your first pair of Features by going to Features.com and enter the code BANTER. That's $10 off your first pair when you go to F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S dot com and enter the promo code BANTER at checkout. Again, that's features.com, promo code BANTER, $10 off your first pair of features. Thanks, features! Today. All right. Thank you to our sponsors, and 1 million percent I'm going to be donating uh, to charities with that because I feel gross about it. <laughs> uh, even though it's a job, you know? And this is a goddamn job! The sponsors help us keep the lights on! <laughs> I like when Steve starts to fight with himself. With himself. <laughs> no, I don't want coffee! I don't drink it! Let me taste it! <laughs> All right, can I have the rest? I love it. I love it. Get it out of my mouth. Anyway, so um, Will, how are things in your home? Like, how's your mom doing? And how's your how are your oh. uncle? How's your uncle doing? Oh man, my mom is doing great. She, uh, you know, she's uh, she she is a teacher, so like, you know, she's not at the schools because all the schools are shut down. So. Uh, she, she, she retired. So she was a sub. So now that, uh, this is going on, she actually has to like stay at home and, 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 and be calm. And like, my mom is not the type to sit at home and watch TV, but now she really has to. So she's been really relaxed and she's taking it really well. I actually just did a video with her. That's about to come out on my channel. Oh, awesome. Uh, I don't know if I've sent you, I might've sent you a tiny clip, but it's about how my mom is in love with a YouTuber. Oh, you uh, told me all about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was telling all my friends about it as a joke. But so you filmed like, it already? Yeah, I filmed it already. And is it and, done? And edited it. Yeah. Dude, send it to me. Oh, I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've been telling me it, about this Logan for weeks. Paul? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Sean uh, Klitzner. Dude, it's... He, you don't. You have no idea that there are slot machine YouTubers who all they do is <sighs> this blew my go mind to, slot to learn this. And there's this guy Brian Christopher. He posts hour and a half long live streams of him at the slot machines, and my mom loves it because she's been at home and she has a Roku and is like, "What's what's on uh, YouTube?" And uh, but she looks at it on my youtube channel she looks at it on my people be like account so all of my recommended is naruto anime dragon ball z msnbc <laughs> cnn brian christopher slot so i just kept seeing it every day that i was like in her watching it all the time so i was like i have to do this video about it and I, i've actually you, you you've probably known steve because i've been texting you about it but like i've i've recently found this new uh like love for like making videos again all of a sudden like mm -hmm. you know i really haven't made it's nice when the pressure's time. off right yeah you know i wanted to be a late night talk show host for the the bulk of my career and now all of them are straight up making youtube videos 
like you know i like uh my uncles yeah. watch all of them so I, I get to casually see like you know like trevor noah is like in a hoodie in his house uh stephen colbert is just like in a room in his house snl's and, been doing it all in do they houses. ever turn around do they ever turn around like, and be like, "Will you haven't you been doing this for seven years?" <laughs> you know, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I have done every type of late night talk show that you could try. I've done it with money. I've done it without money. I've done it on sets. I've done it in my living room. Uh, that was but the yeah. best, man. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. The doing it in my living room really ruined my life in many ways, but it was. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't need to do that. Uh, and everybody told me, they're like, Will, you cannot do a late night talk show out of your living room. And I was like, bull, watch me. And, uh, <laughs> and it I ended up getting you evicted. That's a lesson by going through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I actually do want to make a video about that uh, because uh, you might remember I had Mindy Kaling's brother on it. Yeah. Yeah. Long story short was this during that time in 2018 was when I would watch CNN. I would only watch Frasier and CNN. I would not watch anything else. I wasn't even watching anime, really. And what were you getting from that, Will? I, I, I don't know. It used to get me so red. What would, how would, would CNN make you feel? If Chris Cuomo on CNN is like so his fire, like it would just like fill me up. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't watch, uh, he's like the news stuff. version of Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got me hyped. Or the guy that uh, trained Rocky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guy that trained him. Like, yeah. Uh, but what were we talking about? Uh, you're uh, making your show in uh... – oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. I was going to do an episode about Mindy Kaling's brother. Yeah. Uh, he told me not to say the N-word. Uh, and you can see it in the clip. He just like – so what you can't see, and I'll talk about it in my video, is like you may know Mike Pelzone, like when my late night talk show, like behind the camera, I had like like I'm the least intimidating black guy that was on my set. Like I had like probably like five other black dudes in the room with this that are all way more intimidating than me. And you know, <laughs> black Filipino dudes and Mexicans. And he had the audacity to sit on my set and say to me, he was like, Yeah, you, you guys shouldn't use the N-word. And wait, I was wait, like, wait, wait. He was trying to tell you that you shouldn't say it? Like, mm -hmm. ever? Mm-hmm, mm hmm This was not a part of why we had him <laughs> wow. on. And, what was and, his reasoning? I, I, I think he just came in with preconceived. He was like, you know what? Well, the reason I had him on was because I saw him on CNN from years before where he, uh, he faked getting into college by <laughs> saying that right. he was black with affirmative action. <laughs> And it actually worked. But Does he Indian. look black? He's Indian. He's really dark skinned, like um, in the Kalen. And I saw this clip on the news, and I I, la I looked at it. I laughed at it. I was like, this guy is uh, hilarious. He, he totally ran a scam. And then I went to Anime Expo this year, and I was like, there he is. And I had just watched the clip, and I, I introduced myself to him, and he was like, oh, he was like, I, he was like, got recognized. So, so yeah, then that was at the time that I was doing a late night talk show out of my living room, so I invited him on. And Wait, he was that. just there attending, huh? or, or he was just a guest? Or... This guy's getting into everywhere. I asked him, I had to ask him once he actually came to my show. I was like, yeah, dude, why the hell were you at Anime Expo? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I was there with a friend. <laughs> All right.
<laughs> yeah, I gotta do an episode about that because it was it was crazy. Because, Dude, you like, have so many uh, potential idea. Like you, there are so many things that have happened to you that would make excellent William Haynes deep dive videos. Yeah, and like I always intended for these things to be stand up comedy bits. Like I live to eventually make a stand up comedy album, but now I know you. I you can. will if you want to, man. Yeah, yeah, you I can. I mean, I, it's gonna take some time, but you can. Yeah, we like for the next like year. I feel like we're, you're not gonna be able to do a music show, a stand-up show, like, right? Like, we're gonna, gonna force be a it. while. It's gonna be a while, and the people that don't Dude, care I'm are gonna make you, it happen. But then another wave will happen. So, yeah, for sure. And I can't wait to be on a stage where people are laughing and coughing <laughs> their germs at me. <laughs> And I'm going to take it. I'm going to take all of it. Yeah. But yeah. Will, if you ever want to talk about that shit, I'll talk to you about that shit all day if you want. Yeah, because I was uh, – the the week before the pandemic, I was at an open mic with my friend Christine in L.A. You know, we were watching the news about the pandemic, and that's when Trump was saying, like, oh, it's a Democratic hoax. So everybody's like, all right, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I was, like, really, like – I was like, I'm finally old enough. I feel like I have a lot to say. And then here we're hit with this pandemic. So I was like, you know what? I'll just make a couple YouTube videos about it. But yeah. – Dude, I heard that the that um, the pandemic is a Democratic hoax um, designed <laughs> to give nurses <laughs> rounds of applause. <laughs> <laughs> He really said this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm moved. Stacking brakes over here. He, he, really, he really said this. Yeah, and uh, having met Trump, you know, before in life, it's like it, it's insane. What was Dude, the energy like? In I the forget room that like that now? happened I all know. the time. I know you really had to post that clip again for us all to remember. And it got That's more so attention the second time I did it too. But uh, two people that I've got had the pleasure of interviewing and uh, is Trump and ASAP Rocky. And I never have gotten the footage to put it out. So when ASAP Rocky was in prison and Trump was tweeting about it, I was like, it was just like, That's weird. It, it was weird. That's weird as fuck. The crossover we've all been waiting for. That's two. Yeah, you've was, met both of those people. Yeah, yeah, I've met both of these people. I've like, and like, I got to talk to ASAP Rocky. He like really was like really nice and treated me like a person more than any celebrity I've ever met. Uh, like he, I had my ugly green shoes on. He complimented them. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, when that was going on, I was like, and since we were sitting here, I saw that uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti tweeted. I have lifted the curfew in the city of Los Angeles. We remain strongly committed to protecting the right of Angelinos to make their voices heard and ensuring the safety of our community. I mean, that's great, wow. but why didn't he do that earlier? <laughs> why didn't he do that yesterday? I, yeah. I honestly think, and I'm not trying to make excuses for anyone, but I try to put myself in other people's positions all the time, even though I have no idea what a mayor does. Will, you know way more about what a mayor does than I do. But I don't know. I don't think anyone knew the right answers for a long time. And it and and I think like we're, we've been saying since the beginning, it's like people are listening to each other in a bunch of different ways than they they haven't before. 
you know? So it's like with the pandemic, you don't really know what to do and you, you unroll stuff and then you roll it back. And it's like this, they describe it like a faucet, you know, you turn it all the way on and shit can get fucked up and then you dial it back or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just happening with everything right now, you know? That's true. I mean, but I think the way that the mayor has been handling other things has made it kind of difficult to, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's getting a lot of flack on here. He did beat me in the election, but you know, uh, I I think that Eric Garcetti was doing well at first. He was one of the first politicians I saw wearing a mask. You know, posting photos on social media. He put his default photo on Twitter as him wearing a mask. I really appreciated that. But yeah, he's gonna get a really bad rep for uh, all of these curfews and things. And and you know, the huge flop when that they was like they were like, oh, curfews at six o'clock tonight. And yeah. Uh, it's 6 30 like uh and so yeah like the and like you said a lot of people don't really know what the, the mayor does but this happens to be something that's you know under the American control so you know you go to a lot of meetings and when you're in the meetings you have the meetings and uh but yeah uh and it's all because of how our state government works is like you know Gavin Newsom our, our governor uh instead of you know bringing in you know, our, our huge reserves, he has allowed mayors to make the decisions based on their local government on what they wanted to do in their cities. So, yeah, it's 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 I, 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 yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, I mean, didn't Garcetti approve that, like, budget to the police or something like didn't he didn't he like approve oh, some crazy thing where yeah, the police yeah. got like millions of dollars or something? Yeah. And yeah, that happened yeah, like two yeah, days yeah. ago or well, something. We, yeah, and we definitely I think it was No no no, go ahead. Oh yeah, it's billions. Yeah. On the police. Yeah, we, we don't want to give them any more <laughs> money. So <laughs> no, yeah. no. But you know, like politicians want to get reelected. But uh Eric Garcetti actually will hold the record for the longest uh tenure as mayor of LA because you know, this election, the one that I lost, is for five and a half years. And I believe he had already served two terms uh, before that. So, uh, yeah, he 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 just dealt with a lot. Yeah, it's just um, it's difficult to. I mean, Los Angeles is. I, I know I know a lot of people who listen to this show are don't really care too much about what's going on in L.A. Other than like, you yeah. know, this or that. But um, as far as the politics here goes, there's a very massive homeless problem and it's it's out of control and it's really sad and it's really affecting every neighborhood in los angeles pretty much and um it's hard to see the mayor being like here's three billion dollars for the police but literally does nothing about the homeless problem and you know i'm the bay area exactly like you know i've had you know being back in the Bay Area has, like, you know, it sucks because I really wanted to be in L.A. and doing my thing. But, you know, driving back from the Bay to L.A. Uh, for, like, you know, like the past, like, nine months to a year, I've really gotten to get a, a better conscious of what's going on in the entire state. And the homeless problem is statewide, all the way up to Sacramento sure. and Oakland to, to Bay Area. It's like, you know, like uh, California has a... a a thing and you know and i think about it all the time i'm like what is it that we can do because you know there are people who are you know like the people in oakland who've been recently replaced out of their homes through gentrification you know who are recently kicked out of their homes who uh like within the past five years who there's something that they can do and then there are people who like you know in, in la i you know 
from when I used to stay with you, like, you know, there are people out there who are, you know, mentally capably fine, but they, you know, prefer to just be homeless or, you know, they're, right. they're right on the board. What do you do with the people who are comfortable being there? So it's, it's, right. it's such a complex issue. Uh, and, you know, homelessness is different in the Valley than it is in downtown Los Angeles. For sure. So, For sure. So yeah, I, I, that is one of the, the the biggest things. And like you know, when I was doing my little campaign, I was really trying to figure out like you know what is our policy on this. I was like, what can we actively do uh, uh, to combat homelessness? And what I learned is that it was it's it's so much more complex. It totally than, is. Uh, than than it, there is no flip of a switch. There's and a, like I said, yeah. There's a. In, I think it. And I don't know if we've talked about it on this show before, but in New, we were talking about like how in New York. Somewhere I was talking about how in New York, the way that they handle the homeless issues there is uh, they they uh, they have like entire floors of like hotel buildings dedicated to housing for homeless people that like are able to maintain, you know, that kind of a, of a life, you know, other not the severely mm -hmm. sick ones and and uh, mentally unwell ones, but the but ones that can like maintain a job or or looking for jobs are can can stay for free in hotels and it's kind yeah. of a secret so that it doesn't like deter um people from staying in the hotels still which is kind yeah. of sad and they have like their own entrances that they are very strictly meant to stay at but um but that that's yeah. a that's a great way to get a lot of these homeless people off the streets and uh, and other ways are housing like low income housing that that are just or like foreclosed houses or you know just empty fucking apartment buildings which exist in places like Detroit and you know places all over the world but um those places can be easily fixed up or just like literally set up for homeless people to live in and they've done that in parts of the world where homelessness is a problem and i think that's awesome but the properties in california are part of a booming industry where people make oh, lots yeah. of fucking money off of it and it seems to me like the yeah. people with their hands in their when you know with tons of money don't want to give those homes to homeless Dude, people last time i went to san francisco the the uber drivers and the lyft drivers they talk about you know like amazon comes in and does this and changes the city like this and google changes the city like this and i'm like dude these are companies that make like create billions and billions of dollars why isn't that like if your company makes a certain amount wh why can't you give a chunk of that to building like something like oh, yeah. a high rise or specific housing just for homeless people mm -hmm. Jeff, like give back to the city that that you're now a part totally. that you're stationed in and that you, you know benefit make it better from, that you fully benefit from yeah i need to meet mm -hmm. jeff bezos i'm personally affected because like the the local mall that i went to go here i'm like a, a 90s romanticizer so you know i i i, I miss the mall you know people going to the mall hell yeah the, the local mall that i grew up here you know it used to have a water fountain in it and it was so beautiful and like we, we used to all crowd around it and i go in there now and it's dead empty it's i mean especially now during the pandemic i'm sure you can't even go in there but it, what's so hilarious to me about it is that the mall is so empty and there's so little business that they've rented their parking lot to amazon so the wow. parking lot is filled with amazon vans so wow. i'm like this is just a slap in the face like 
Yeah, because I hear Brookstone has gone completely under since the pandemic. <laughs> oh no! Where am I going to get yeah. my personalized Almost nobody lighters? Nobody is buying massage chairs. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, that's Brookstone. You're right. I was thinking of like the ones where they engrave things. We yeah. don't do that anymore. We, <laughs> why would you leave your house when you can just order it with a click of a button? I mean, but it, Jeff Bezos is on his way to being a trillionaire. He can end a lot of these problems. Yep. Easy. Yep. And we used to be like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Elon Musk. We used to be like, Elon Musk will help, but he lost his goddamn mind, and his he's deep in the pockets of bad people on the wrong side of history. I try not to, Dude. Yeah. I try not to look well. too much at Elon Musk, because at first I was like, wow, this, this is really innovative stuff. But then I'm like, wait a second. So, yeah, I don't know what to believe with that. Yeah. Dude, I hate how all this racism stuff is going on and all the pandemic stuff's going on. And those cowards went to space. And they were like, I'm not dealing with any of them. Where are their Instagram? Where's their the black planet. squares? Yeah. Why haven't they posted anything about it? My, my temper on that is like, you know, like as, as like everybody who's like a part of like the, the artistic world, like that wants to come out with movies or songs with the pandemic, we're all like, dang, I can't do my thing because of the pandemic. But imagine like, you knew they, they planned this spaceship. Like they're like, I'm going to space. I'm about to be the first person in space. And then, then the world is like, sorry, we cannot pay attention to that. Cause it's like, damn, I know. Really was my moment. Dude, Malcolm <laughs> tweeted the other day, like, Oh yeah. We went to space today. <laughs> <laughs> No, like, you know, like, Steve, we, I always talk to you about this, like, genuinely want aliens to be known as being real in our lifetime. I, and you see all this stuff going on right now. They're, like, showing UFOs, but people are so distracted. I know. It uh -huh. doesn't even matter. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. And, like, the, the Pentagon is like, yeah, we have no idea what that is. Yeah. And, and everybody's too bad. Uh, Trump is ordering uh, fast food to the White House. We got to clown him. So, uh, yeah. You're I right. don't want aliens. I really love the society we have now. I'm sure they're out there monitoring us right now, like on Star Trek, waiting for us to get capable of warp drive, and then they'll reveal themselves to us. But I, I like this world. Dude, what if aliens came down and they were just hot as fuck in ways that we didn't even know something could be hot? I mean, I'd have I mean, to think about my love with my current girl. <laughs> yeah, until you see these aliens, dude. Well, that's no, that's what I'm saying. I'll have to think about my relationship now because if these things are hotter than anything I've ever seen, I mean, I mean, maybe they like my like comedians. I only live once, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's your mom. Oh, he. Uh, Hello. Hi. That's Mike Falzone. Okay. Do I know him from a TV commercial? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Geico caveman. <laughs> you guys ready for him back in LA, right? Oh, yes. Please. Yeah. We miss him. Get him out. Get him out. <laughs> How you take? All right, mommy. Mommy, go sit down. Mommy, go. Don't leave the house. She just kicked you out, Will. <laughs> Goodbye. Great to see you. That was a nice little cameo. All the time. She's done with you being in the house, dude. Yeah. I can't wait to get out of here. Uh, so uh, I forgot what we were talking about, but it doesn't matter because it's time to uh, call it quits and say goodbye. But, um, Will, I want to give you an opportunity to let people know how they can help with the uh with all of the black lives matters movements right now or just in your if, if there's anything you want to say at all you can just in 
my opinion, what I take from this time right now, if you want to be helpful and you know you don't have any money or you don't have any influence, just listen. Uh, you don't have to post nothing. All you got to do is listen and, and hear into the voices. I think people get like so piled on of uh, talking into their bubbles by like, you know, seeing all the tweets and everybody's tweets are getting so much favorites because we're all talk talking to the choir. Uh, if you're like a, a person that's just taking in all this information for the first time, you know, don't rush yourself to, to go out there and say something that you might re regret, you know, just just listen. And uh, yeah, and donate to the Black Lives Matter campaign and, and George Floyd. Absolutely. Thank you, Will. And where can people find the stuff that you're putting out now? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to uh, – yeah, we really cannot do people be like for multiple reasons, and that's what I've been uh, – uh, so I'm going to – I made a bunch of videos for William Haynes TV that are uh, going to come out within the next couple of weeks because I have to do something. And uh, so, yeah, subscribe to William Haynes TV. Follow me on Instagram at William Haynes. I'm still going to come out with a lot of stuff. You know, I still feel this need to entertain and storytell and create, uh, you know, uh, I remember when Trump got elected, I, I said like, you know, like, you know, the art that's going to come out of this time is going to be great. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to make a video about how I met Donald Trump actually talking about it for the first time and telling a, a couple of stories that people don't really know behind uh, that. And I'll talk about that on my channel since I can't do stand up about it. Mm -hmm. but you Yo, can, can I get your opinions on something? It's like, I'm very split between, you know, I think there are certain times where I'll just talk for me. Like, I feel like, uh, you go quiet and you let other messages, you don't cloud the space with other messages. And then the entertainment part of me and the part of me that wanted to become an entertainer to make people feel better than I felt at a certain point in my life is like everyone's brain uh, needs a break sometimes because I think a rested brain makes better decisions, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I know the decisions that come out of being depressed and, and, sh and stressed. And, um, I was going to say pressed, but I really didn't want to rhyme three things in a <laughs> row like that. Um, but here we are, but, um, I know that I want to make it's a delicate balance and I feel like we all got to walk on this balance, but I definitely want to make stuff that can give people that like, okay, there was, there was five minutes. I, I, you know, I thought about something else or I was able to laugh for the first time and I don't know how long and then get back to, you know, figuring out how you could help and where you could help. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm feeling Listen, about stuff. Hire black people. If you don't have any black friends, find one. <laughs> and support follow and, and support black people by following more black people. Look at your fucking yeah. follows. Look at your Twitter and your Instagram and your Facebook and look in your friends right. list. Is there like barely any Dude. fucking black people, people of color in there? Follow more fucking people of color. I'm just so tempted to and make if a you're video like about being a professional black friend. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, will Will you well, have been the token black friend to a lot of people in our friend group. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot And of that's people. not okay. Paid me money. Like I like I, I would literally start writing the video and I, I was like, like, you know, my job is like I'm a host. I'm a comedian. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a musician. But what I actually get paid to what what people pay me to do <laughs> is be a black friend. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
I have a perspective on it, but I feel like, you know, I'm always seem to get in trouble. Every single person I've ever worked with, except for like Casey Neistat, <laughs> has had to like, uh, be like, Will. <laughs> so, uh, really like easy, easy Will. <laughs> <laughs> You absolutely should, though. Dude, that's a perspective that you have that not many people have. Mm -hmm. And that's a very interesting, very, like, potentially educational and comedically rich point of view to have. And you should absolutely do something with that. I appreciate it. Okay, I'll do it. Thank you, Mike. Um, Everybody, I'm sick of being everyone's Italian friend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sick of being everyone's definitely hardcore Mexican friend. Uh, So, listen, the last thing I want to say, and everyone can have a moment to say a last thing if you want. First of all, Will, thank you for being on the show. I love you. I'm sorry about what's happening right now. I'm here for you and your family, and if you need anything from me ever, please. And I'm, I've am i said this off the show, so I'm not just saying this on the show. It's very true. It's very true. I'm here Slept for you, buddy. sitting on many times. Yes, so. and it's open to you whenever you need it, my friend, as, as always. Just like my mom taught me to do. My mom let in all my friends of all colors and shapes and sizes, and and uh, learned from her how to be a good person and treat people the way that you would like to be treated. And But anyway, let's all try to practice empathy during this time, it's very important to look up the definition of empathy and make sure that it's something that you understand and you uh, are active in utilizing in your life because right now that's the most important thing. The next thing is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. You're eating, you're eating enough, you're drinking enough water, you're exercising, you're moving. It's a very stagnant, sad, and difficult time, but you have to take care of yourself because if you don't, then you're not going to be strong enough to fight when we need to fight, which is now. And the fight is not going to end. Someone online was saying, when is it going to end? And another person replied, when it ends, which means don't plan for an end to this thing because there may never be one. But you need to be strong enough to help people in need and to be empathetic and to love everybody equally and uh just please 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 consider those things if you listen to this show and you enjoy the things that we create for you that mike and will create for you then please please listen to us and please practice empathy and love and uh really think about the people in this world that are struggling and one final thing you can go to black lives matters dot c-a-r-r-d dot c-o which i'll share in the description of the podcast and we'll put it on the youtube video but it's the easiest way to see where you can help it's a collection of many things petitions texts uh text motivations donate donations resources for if you're planning on protesting what to wear, what to be prepared for, if they're rubber bullets, if there's tear gas, how to get tear gas out of your eyes with water and mixtures and very important things, what to wear. It's very important if you're going to be out there in the front lines and fighting with your fellow earthlings. Uh, But please go to that site in the description um, to donate, to help, to sign petitions. Now's the time. It's easy as fuck to sign a petition. It's easy as fuck to text a number in support. It's easy as fuck to make a call, even though calls are weird and strange and you don't want to talk to someone that you can't see or don't know. And it's easy as fuck to donate, even if you can't help, because there's ways to donate by just 
signing petitions and shit. And there's donates donating by sharing links, which is an interesting thing. Um, there's many options to donate without money. In fact, I'm looking at one right now. You literally watch a video uh, that I'm playing right now and it's how to financially help Black Lives Matter with no money. Um, it's one and the ad revenue to this video, if you watch it, goes directly to uh, do donating to organizations that uh, in in uh, like Atlanta Action Network, Columbus Freedom Fund, all these great sort resources. So there's no excuse. There's free shit. There's petitions. There's things to donate. There's money. Whatever, whatever you have. If you have strength, if you're living and breathing, and if you're listening listening to this, we need you more than fucking ever. This has to stop. This needs to change, and it starts with us. So please take care of yourself, and please donate, and please love and have empathy for fuck's sake. Um, Mike, um, anything else? Will? I Thank wanted to say having... real quick that... Uh... For sure, Will. And you know the door's always open for you to come on whenever you want. I miss seeing you every day, selfishly. And uh, I can't wait until you're back. It seems like your mom wants you out of the house, so I can't wait to see you back. You know how you could save your stories sometimes and you put them up in the little bubbles of your whatever? I did a, a couple pages of... Um, just black comedians that are, are friends of mine that you could follow that people that you may not have necessarily heard of before, but that are fucking awesome and good friends. Um, so go do that. And, um, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. For me. Oh, also like, uh, not all of, um, if you want to get out physically, there are many, many, peaceful protests as well. Not every protest ends in, in tear gas and flashbangs. And I, I went to one yesterday that was relatively small, but like, it's, it's weird to have the national guard at your back and like people are making jokes with the national guard and stuff. And it's so weird to be screaming about the police with somebody with a, <laughs> with an M 16 right behind you. But it's, um, it's important especially like we were saying at the beginning of the show, if you're not super comfortable and have never asked yourself certain questions and have never put yourself in, in other people's positions before, you may never fully understand, but it does give you a little taste of, you know, just what people have in the back of their minds at, at all times. And that um, it's important to make your, your voice heard somehow, because there's a lot of people who need your help and think about, you know, if, if you needed help, you'd want people to listen at the very least. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. that's it. Awesome. Well, I love you guys and we thank you for your listenership and um, thank you for coming. Will you're a great friend. We love you, Mike. You're a good boy. Let's all continue to be good boys and girls and help people in need. So thank you guys for listening to the show. Follow William Haynes and all the things support black artists and Black Lives Matter, everybody. We love you. See you next time. Love you guys. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>